This is Alpha Geek Radio. Everybody, you are at the Building a Podcast Network from scratch. All right, who has a podcast? We did this kind of pre-show. Let's do it again, official podcast, podcast. And you're wanting to be part of a network, right? Well, these guys are the right people. These guys are going to tell you how to do it because they have uh, 23 shows, right? Is that about? By the end of this September, probably will be at 23 shows. Excellent. All right. First up, we'll. I'm going to give Bobby just a minute to finish uh, typing typing his text there. I I can multitask. All right. He does that every episode. What do you mean? Here's our first guest. Hi. Bobby Nash. Tell us all about you. Well, I am a. uh, I am a part of the ESO podcast uh we are a weekly show and i'm sure you'll hear all about it here in this hour um i'm also a writer of novels and stuff so i i hawk a lot of work on my podcast excellent also next up is mike gordon mike i am a uh comic writer and publisher uh creator of tiki zombie i'm also co-host of the earth station one um uh, podcast, weekly podcast. Also, uh, the Earth Station Who uh, weekly, bi-weekly, whenever, no. when, whenever it comes out. It's, it's bi-weekly except when the show's on. Yeah, right. And uh, I've got my own podcast, which is starting up pretty soon, which is probably going to be monthly, uh, called The New Legend Lounge. And more importantly, to our thing today, you are the host of the ESO Dragon Con Report. I am That's the host right. of the Dragon Con Report, and uh, yes, and of course, my new podcast would be will be on the ESO Network. Very good. And if you don't get a chance to talk to Mike up here after, uh, he'll be down at Artist Alley, right? Going to be right. still down there. Uh, yes, yes, I will be there. It's a happening place. It so. is. I love it. Next up is our uh, Mike Faber. He does uh, stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, do, I definitely do stuff. It's he stuff. does stuff. The stuff. That's, uh, um, I'm the host of the Earth Station One podcast. I'm also the host of the Earth Station Who podcast. And I participate with the Dragon Con Report. And I also participate with about three or four other podcasts that are on my network. Um, I'm the one, the one who was crazy enough to say, hey, let's get more shows to come on with us. And I actually found people who were suckers enough to be able to do it with us. And it was, it's been great. Um, it's like one big family. Right. And we are continually growing and adding new shows to it. And the quality of these shows are getting better and better. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. So it's cool. I like it. I like it. Jessa Phillips. Yeah, uh, I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of GetToBeGeek.com. I'm also the broadcast director for Get to Be Geek Network. Uh, currently, I produce and host three fan podcasts as well as we uh, air a video cast. Uh, we are syndicated on the Evo gaming console, it's a third-party console, yes. uh, soon to be another third-party console, and we're currently in talks to do uh, a digital radio syndication as well. Very cool. Rob Roberts. Howdy, uh, Rob with the Voice of Geeks Network, uh, where I am the uh, editor-in-chief of the content for the network, uh, where we have about 11 podcasts on Voice of Geeks Network. Um, I actually co-produce and co-host two of the podcasts on the network, uh, Horde House, which is a online gaming-related show, and uh, Orange Lounge Radio, which has been running weekly since 2002 about uh, all things video gaming, where every gamer has a voice. And uh, Orange Lounge Radio actually started as a network because I needed something to put the show on. Uh, way back in 2002, before podcasting was a thing. Excellent. Also, last but not least, Bobby Back Black Wolf. I said it wrong, didn't I? Bobby Black Wolf. There. Bobby Nash Wolf. Guys. <laughs> there are way too many Bobs and Mikes and 
Can we make uh, that like a classic sci-fi mashup? There you go. Uh, so, Bobby Blackwolf, I uh, am the editor-in-chief technical of the Voice of Geeks Network, which means I make everything run. Uh, and uh, I've been hosting a show for nine years that I named after myself, Bobby Nash Wolf, obviously. Um, <laughs> Bobby Blackwolf show, I named it after myself uh, to be stupid. And also, so Jay Leno couldn't take over my position. Um, <laughs> I've been doing that for about nine years. I helped start uh, the All Games Radio Network, uh, which was uh, w- probably one of the first video game podcast networks back in 2005. Uh, it was owned by a man by the name of Scott Rubin. He he did the All Games Network back in the 90s with Pseudo Interactive, if anybody remembers that, in the real media days. But then he co-founded this little television channel called G4. And then uh, when they destroyed Tech TV, he left. Uh, and that's kind of when I got into that. So I founded, I helped start that network and did kind of the technical stuff for him there. And then I'm, we left about two years ago and created the Voice of Geeks Network. Sounds like fun. Mike, are you ready to kick this thing off? Yeah, sure. All right, Doug, go for it. All right. Um, most of us were wondering, you know, why did you guys start a network? You said mentioned that it was because of hosting that you were looking somewhere to publish your podcast. Um, what do you get out of being on a network? Well, I mean, in the case of way back in 2002, and I don't want to go back too much into the history because things have evolved so much, it doesn't kind of matter the way things were back then. But uh, back in 2002, you know, there, podcasting wasn't really a thing yet. So um, Life 365 was a, a big, I think they're still around, but I know that was a big service back in the day. We wanted to do music as well as have our show, and, and Life 365 was a way to kind of keep everything legal. Um, so that was kind of what kind of drew us over there. We started doing the show. But um, we noticed that as we were doing our show and we had this you know, network uh, that was essentially just a content delivery service at the time, there were other people that wanted to, you know, kind of like friends of the show as things kept going, that wanted to do their own things and wanted a space to do it. And so I was kind of like, all right, come on over. We'll give you a space to do your thing. So we had, we had probably about five or six spinoff shows in the heyday. Um, and uh, I think for them, it was definitely, you know, it was a place to be able to do their show. Uh, but for us, it was great, you know, it was great cross promotion. It was great. Um, it was great synergy to be able to say, hey, stay tuned. You've got this coming up at this day. And, you know, they might continue the conversation we had here and, and so on. So I, I think it was a really good way to kind of establish um probably your your base and keep that growing you work in the corporate world right because you use the word synergy <laughs> yes i do sorry okay Jessa? that word uh it sort of organically happened uh i started a podcast i wanted to talk about things that i enjoy and wanted to talk about more things and it just i already had the site it made sense uh most people you know we have a really broad spectrum being that we cover all geeky things we enjoy Uh, So it really gives us an opportunity to branch out into all sorts of places. Uh, It really just came down to giving it a home. Uh, One one place where you have to go and find it all. Uh, And it's it's worked out pretty well. People found it. They liked it. Exactly. And look, we found, you know, we started out as a one podcast. We started off with Earth Station One. And through our infancy and stuff, we originally started out that we wanted to be a Doctor Who podcast. But we started talking about other things because we all had different interests and such. And as we grew, um, we, you know, people were starting to write us, hey, why are you talking so much about Doctor Who and stuff? And we all still loved it. So we spun it into a second program, and we did our first spinoff. And then we said, okay, we have two shows. How are we going to 
keep it, you know, we can keep it on our website and such where, you know, people could find us and we've kept the, the name fairly similar so people would be able to do name recognition. But then... Uh, that branding in the corporate world. Okay, well, <laughs> I design in the corporate world. I don't live in it. <laughs> but we basically, um, you know, we're at TimeGate and we started talking to friends of the show and Dr. Scott Vigay... Um, was talking to me about doing a science podcast and he says would you want to have it living under the ESO banner and basically I said yeah let's maybe start a network doing that and at the show I did an intro to podcasting panel and started talking to people there and after the show um, a couple people came up to me and said oh I want to talk to you about how to set up a podcast what tools do you use and such the typical you guys probably get that also when you guys talk about it and um, when we did that um, a couple came up to me named Rita and Jason Delatore and they said oh we're thinking about doing a podcast would you be interested in us joining your network and I said sure I didn't expect to hear from them for months because we had I ta I've talked to probably like 10, 15 people by this point. And they said, "Oh yeah, we would like to maybe join up with you." Hadn't heard from most of them. Within three days, I heard from Jason and Rita, and they had their first podcast ready to go. And they've been part one of the founders of the network since, and it's been awesome. It's just we've been growing and growing. It's a lot of friends of the show or people writing me, "Hey, would you mind listening to our podcast? I have some some ideas," you know. Would, and would you be interested in having us join your network and such? And what we're the way we're setting it up is we're we're in it for trying to make money with it and everything, but we're also doing trying to do cross promotion and stuff with all the different shows, and that's one of the most important things with it because we're trying to promote each other. And people are finding all the different shows. I've had people here at DragonCon come up to me and say, oh, I listen to all the different ESO network shows. I says, really? You know. When do you sleep? Yeah, exactly. It's like it or maybe they sleep when they... That's what the, maybe yeah, that's that what puts them to sleep. <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, and Bobby and Mike have a lot of different connections and such. Bobby with his writing friends and such, and we brought on a couple of the people he knew from uh, writing and such. Right, Bobby? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing how many shows have kick-started because we've done them on we've done a topic on ESO and you guys are like, wow, we could do a whole podcast out of this. Ding. And then, then like a week <laughs> later, Mike's like, okay, we're doing another podcast. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, but you know what? There's a lot of interest. I mean, people are get, get really excited about doing it. So yeah. I'm yeah. going to ask you guys a question. Uh, cause Mike, you and I discussed last year. Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh, so what, what prompted the decision to make your own network? versus joining someone else's. We did join another network for a little bit. We were actually on uh, Geek Nation for a little bit. And they were they were trying they were trying to regulate our show too much though. And they also were try they were making money off of us and not sharing any of the proceeds to it. Um, they were running their own commercials. They were cutting up portions of our show out and they were running their own ads during the show, and they also, um, and they were make. They told me they were making profit off of our show. It was one of the highest-rated shows on their network, and they wanted us to continue with them. And so when I asked, "Are we going to be able to see any of the profit from that we're making off of our show?" They said, "No." It's like this is all us, and. I was like, fine, you're not getting any more ESO content. And that's part of the reason we decided to start doing our own thing and splitting it off. 
you know, we're making money. We have some sponsors, um, and we also have like the Amazon.com store and such for you know making some kind of money and such. And the way we have an agreement with the shows that come on our network is, you know, all we ask them to do is play our promo every once in a while, and at the beginning of each show have an opening. This is the ESO network, and at the end, kind of kind of similar to what Chris Hardwick does with the Nerdist st- stuff. Um, and then we have an agreement that once the network starts making money, we're going to profit share. You know, we're not just going to, you know, hey, you guys are on the network just by name. We want them to be part of it and to share if we start making any kind of funding. First and foremost is putting money back into the network to buy better equipment, to pay for hosting and such. Because right now it's all coming out of my pocket and everything. What about you guys? Uh, well, the, the reason we in, I initially was joining a network because we do both, and it's a little bit different. You know, we, we obviously we do podcasts and everything, but we did everything live. Uh, so we both did live internet radio back. He started in 2002, I started in 2005, and then we would, uh, like I guess in the early days, you would call it. I'm putting the MP3 archive on the server, <laughs> and then eventually we were able to say, oh, podcasting—that's a good term for it. Um, but it's you know you have to get you have to buy that space like the Live 365 station or the Shoutcast station, which is what we had at all games, and then. You know, we're buying that, and we have it all month, and it's an awful waste of space if you're only using it for one hour a week, which is what I was doing. And so that's kind of why we built a network around it to give, you know, hey, we already have this stage if somebody else wants to use it, uh, or we could use it to promote other podcasts, you know, because we played pre-recorded podcasts at specific times, uh, both at All Games and at Vogue, uh, you know, where you can say, okay, you can listen to this episode Monday at 9 uh, and you know, sometimes even like the podcast producers will come in to our chat room and do a director's commentary, even though they recorded it like two weeks ago or whatever, and they're just now airing it. How many of your podcasts are li- actually live streaming? <sighs> one, two, three, one, two, three. One's a video, so one does live five. video. Four, five. five. Yeah. Five. Sure. Five. Okay, and <laughs> yes. And the rest are pre-recorded. Yes. What about with you, Jessa? Uh. Pretty much all of ours are pre-recorded uh, because I have a lot of collaboration, and they are in very different locations. A lot of my co-hosts, so there are very few of us that are local. It just makes it easier. Uh, but occasionally, like if we're, for example, our comic book heroines, uh, occasionally we'll, we'll hop on on Google Plus and do a hangout, um, and you can you can <laughs> tune in and, and see our, our zaniness live if you want. It's not going to be what you get in the in the podcast, but yeah. So it really just depends on where we're at, what we're using to record that episode, um, and who's got time. Okay. Got a question down there. Well, I was going to expand on the other thing about why we – because we've both created two networks. We created Vogue after the first one. And the reason we went out and made our own network, even though we were already with the network, is because we had ideas. And we had things we wanted to try, and um, you know, all games is, is wonderful. They're still around. They're huge and everything, uh, but they also had ideas, and they we just kind of wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, and so we were like, well, let's let's see if you know our ideas work or not. Uh, and they were kind of like, no, we, we kind of need to make sure that you know everything's good because we got a lot of people here, and we need to make sure that everything's good uh, for them. So that's why we kind of broke off and did our own thing. Okay. Very good. Question from the audience. Absolutely. All right. So 
What do you guys, and this may be just a few of you who want to answer this, but what do you look for when bringing in new podcasters into your network? Are you are you looking for a particular type of person? I mean, do you kind of like scope them out, make sure they're good people first, Google them a little bit oh, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, um, make them sign some paperwork because you said there was a little bit of paperwork involved, or at least some agreements. Is some that it's official? more verbal agreements with us? Right. Um, we've had shows that have come on the network and have already left the network too. Um, basically, before when somebody approaches me to do to join ESO, um, I go and a listen to. I, they have to have something that I can listen to, at least a prototype of what kind of podcast. Because some of the podcasts are fresh starts, but there's been some that have been established already. So I have to listen to something that they've had. Also, I look at their Facebook, read their any kind of Google information, and you know items like that, and just try to do some kind of research on them because I just don't want anyone who sounds like they're talking in a tin cup joining the network or something. Because we've we started that way, you know. I started, you know, it was myself and my nephew doing ESO originally, and we've just evolved since then. And you know, I, I'm all for evolving and having uh, shows grow and everything, and that's all what it's about is growth and gaining audience and such. And you know, putting, you know, we we get a kick. We would talk the three of us once a week, if even if. We weren't recording it. With we, we've had conversations where at the end of it we were like, you know, if we'd have had a recorder, next week's episode would be done. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But we also, I mean, we do ask the people on our network to do certain things. Not big things like, you know, when you put, you know, because a lot of them have their own websites where they post their podcast, but we, they, we have them make sure it's on the ESO website. We ask them to post it to our social media pages so people can find it in one convenient place but really I mean other than that I mean there's not a lot of demands no we don't yeah. ever ask they wash, anyone they wash Mike's car once once a month uh, <laughs> so it's a but kind of yeah. exactly yeah. There, there, there may or may not be a hazing problem. <laughs> yeah. one day JD will get out of that <laughs> no he won't what about you guys? Uh, well, for Vogue, we one important thing that we're looking for is we're looking for shows that are already established. So we ask that anybody you know that's interested in joining the network have a minimum of five episodes under their belt, five regular uh, produced episodes under their belt. And um, it's not that we don't want to encourage people to create new podcasts. We do. If they need help with that, I can help them on a personal level. But you know, kind of the very front-facing network might not be the best place to be kind of growing and learning. Uh, all of that. Um, and that sometimes has created some interesting challenges because, um, like, I have a co-host uh, on one of my other shows who wanted to do his own show. And he's like, you know, and he, you know, of course, since he knows me, texts me, calls me, hey, I want to start this new show on your network. And uh, when can I start? And I'm like, after you get five episodes under your belt. Why do I have to get five episodes under my belt? I already co-host a podcast with you. Why can't I do this? Because you have to feel the pain of doing the regular show for a little bit because it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to do it. And sure enough, those first few weeks were a little bit rough. And I was getting a lot of texts like, so how do I get this up on Libsyn? How do I, how does that happen? You know, kind of working all that out. But sure enough, he stuck with it and they've got a great show and it is on the network now. They're about 27 episodes in at this point. Right. Yeah, because well, one of the things to realize is that your first five episodes are going to suck. So we, <laughs> that's why we don't listen to anything before episode six. And it takes 
takes way more time than you think it will. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yes. the, Especially pre-recorded. And, if you're going to edit. Oh, very much so. We, and, we don't do our show live at all. <laughs> and there's a reason there's for that. There's a reason for that, yeah. But, there is, you know, we usually take three hours to record one episode of ESO. And I edit it down to anywhere between an hour and a half and two hours. And we, we, and we do it out of order. I mean, our, our show is very much a magazine show. So we do, because we, we bring people on for segments, for interviews, or whatever. So instead of having those people sit there for three hours for their, you know, the five minutes we're going to have them on, we can do things out of order to fit schedules. And but we also had to evolve to that, too. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah right, because in the early days, yeah, everybody sat there. Yeah, we, it was a learning stage, and that's always the case. A lot of times we've also found 95% of the podcasts out there, when they record, you know, it's a brand-new podcast, they're going to get to maybe the fourth or fifth episode and realize how much work it is. And, oh, a million people are not listening to their podcast and such. And they drop it and or anything. There has to be a, a form of commitment. And it has to stay fun. And, you know, I keep on telling these guys, the day it stops being fun, we're going to stop doing it. Yeah. yeah, we actually had an interesting one happen to us. He wanted to, he wanted to do his own podcast. And he was, he was a writer on our site. And he, uh, we were like, okay, well, five episodes, we'll listen to your sixth one. And two days later, he's like, here's episode six. And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, I did six episodes yesterday with my brother. Oh. And we're like, no, that's, that's not it. And, and he wound up actually quitting doing his podcast a couple weeks later. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we look for consistency and we also check for a fit. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we talk to them and see, you know, because we, we want to make sure, you know, we don't want Howard Stern on our network. I mean, that's great for other networks. I would but, take him. Well, but, <laughs> but we're, I would take Howard Stern, but somebody who wants to be the next Howard Stern, not really a good fit for us. So we feel them out. We see, okay, you know, are they going to anger people? You know, like, do they want to anger people or provoke discussion? And there's, there is difference between that. Oh, very much and, so. And, and so, like, I mean, we, we only have 11 shows. It's not because only 11 shows have asked to be on the network. Oh, no, we're the same way. We mm -hmm. don't just take any... Tom, Dick, and Harry off the street. It has to be a fit, and also it has to be a show that I could see complimenting us. But you will take any Bobby, Bobby, and Matt. <laughs> Just now, remember that. We, we also have done what could be, I guess, classified as pilots, mm -hmm. like the, the, the wrestling one, the ESO round, oh, yeah. or ESO pro, because we did several episodes on ESO and they were so about popular. the topic. And, and we just we invited the same guests back and the the to talk about it and they became they had a good chemistry mm -hmm. to where they wanted to spin that off. Well, I kind but, of put, I kind of pushed them into right, it. but 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 still though had had we have had that one episode and it not worked, you know. Oh, so yeah. we see what works and we can then spin off from there oh, from the main. I show. literally probably come up with five new podcast ideas a week. And as they make topics up, all right, this could make a new podcast. This could make a good podcast. We've already talked about it. We've already decided here at DragonCon that um, we're going to spin off in the spring and to do a Game of Thrones podcast for the yeah, network nice. and such. Well, so, and, and that's how, that's and how we, we already have the hosts already lined up yeah. for it and everything. And that's how we ended up with the DragonCon report. Yeah, because yeah. that was because we did. Uh, one year we did a lead up to DragonCon because DragonCon's the only convention where every, every every show on the ESO network has someone in the same place. This is the only place we're all here, ever at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing the lead ups to DragonCon and we were interviewing people. So half of our episode for like what was it two months? Probably I guess less. leading up yeah. to it 
So it was like countdown to Dragon Con, and those turned out to be our most popular episodes for a while. So we we spun it off into its own show, which Mike runs. So yeah, yeah. We, he does it uh, monthly, right? Yeah, I mean, we found out that there. Was, I mean, we just quickly also discovered that there's enough content that you can come out with, uh, a, you know, and uh, something about Dragon Con almost every month of the year, not just leading up, not just the three or four months. So. Um, that's been uh, well received too, especially for you know the audience of uh, people who are want are thinking about attending DragonCon, the newbies, mm-hmm. as well as uh, people who have been here going here. I mean, I've been going here for 21 years, and there's a lot of stuff I've just learned about DragonCon <laughs> even this weekend. Exactly, and we've even expanded it a bit into the video and yes. such. Um, Darren and myself, another one of the co-hosts, have done uh, walkthroughs of the hotels for newbies, people who haven't been here before. And it was the weirdest thing in the world last year watching Dragon Con TV and the video that we recorded up on YouTube was played on Dragon Con TV. It's like, wait a minute, I can't be that hungover that I'm seeing myself on the TV <laughs> <laughs> and everything. But it was, it's, it's fun spinning these shows off and growing with it because we're all, on our network, we're mostly all geeks and we have our favorite topics and it's great we all just don't like the same thing too. Which is which makes it even better. Um, so, and you know we've run into some headaches with the network and such. Um, sometimes, especially like when Doctor Who starts or stuff, we don't want every show the same week to be the same topic and or anything. And that's what we have to be careful with. Also, what about with you guys? Do you ever run into any of that? Well, well, see, for us, it's kind of nice because we we encompass a lot of different things. Like so, we and actually we have too many video game shows on the network right now. Uh, which is kind of you know funny because those are the ones that come contact us the most. They're like, oh, we do a video game show. Can we be on your network? And we're like, we've already got like over half of our stuff. So we don't run into that as much because we have dedicated shows that talk about TV and you know British like British Invaders. Brian is actually in the audience over here, and he hi Brian. Hey Brian. Um, and uh, you know we have Critical Myth. John, I don't know if he's in here today. Or I think he's doing another panel right now or something. But. Um, They'll talk about like the TV stuff. So like when the new Doctor Who comes out, not every show on the network's talking about it. Only a couple of the shows mm-hmm. are talking about it. But then you know when you know Destiny comes out, not all the shows are going to talk about Destiny. But you know Rob and I will on our shows. But you and I also have a, a unique ability to kind of ha- be warned in advance what each other's talking about a little bit yes. because um, you know we have a, a forum on our network that only show hosts can see. And in one of those particular forums, uh, we actually plot out my co-host on Orange Launch Radio and I actually. Plot out. These are the stories we're going to talk about on the show this week. Bobby can see that. Mm-hmm. So he and as another video game show, he has an idea what we're going to be talking about. And some weeks it's inevitable. There's just too much going on. Like you know, the PlayStation Four launched this week. Of course, we're both going to talk about that. But then you know, other weeks we mm-hmm. can you know maybe Bobby's going to emphasize this, and we know to not emphasize it. Right. Just kind of br- you know. Brush. And, and one thing to note about you know just our the between our two shows is that we're on the same night. We're live. I'm Sunday nights at eight. I go from eight to nine. They start at nine, and you're out in California, so it's six for you until well, about midnight. Or, to be whenever you finish. Yeah, Bobby, but you see, here's the thing: <laughs> at eight fifty, I call them, and I don't know if you guys remember, uh, you know, back when the Colbert Report started. You know how, like, in the Daily Show at the end, John Stewart would talk to Stephen Colbert for like two minutes. Well, we do that every week for about 10 minutes, and we'll sit there and banter between me and then their studio out in Sacramento and banter about some of the stuff I talk about, and then I'm like, okay, so what are you guys going to be talking about? And then we go over that, and then then I'm like, okay, we'll tune into them, and you'll hear more about stuff because I'll maybe cover one or two different topics, and you'll cover like 30. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there's, there's a little more time for us. Yes. So we have a little more time. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Uh, we keep it really easy, actually. Uh, part of the way I've built uh, our network is that we have very specific topics for each of our shows. So even though we cover television, we cover video games, our video game podcast is strictly video game news or a specific topic that week, uh, like societal topic, we'll say. Um, or we, we cover TV shows, we have a Game of Thrones podcast. So if someone else did want to come on and create another show, we're not going to have another Game of Thrones podcast. You know, please pick another show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and even, uh, you know, one of our contributors, like he does B-movies. That's our video cast, this B-movie bunker, and it's just five minutes railing on whatever movie he saw that, that week. Uh, so we sort of try to keep it really concise that way so we're not duplicating content because it is such a, a broad network. Like people have asked us because we have two Doctor Who podcasts on our network, but one is Doctor Who television and the other one is the audios. So there's never a worry about overlapping there. Mm-hmm. Three, three, terminus, terminus. She hasn't been doing them for a while, so <laughs> I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we have to worry about sometimes is consistency of the shows and such. Just sometimes they go six months between a show and such, and you know, we should be a little tighter with scheduling if they, hey, if you don't do this, you're off the network type thing. But, you know, I want to keep it kind of, like, friendly still. But the fact that it's only one or two that's like that, I mean, the rest of them are, I mean, most of our shows are pretty regular, pretty regular kind so, of in, in yeah. their coming out. So, so but um, do you guys have any questions about starting a network or stuff? Come on up to the microphone so people can hear you. My caffeine Okay. <laughs> um just a question about quality and how important you think it might be because I spend, as I'm sure lots of you do, so many hours editing one episode for an hour long episode for a week. Oh, and yeah. I'm wondering exactly how worth it it actually is. It's because totally I'll hear podcasts that are so successful that have like just some couple Skype microphones and they barely just do any of these in and out. So it, a lot but a lot of those are big name celebrities that you Sometimes, know talk yeah. and stuff. But even them, they still do editing on it. Mm-hmm. You know. I mentioned this yesterday at one of the panels I was at and I got I get very lucky because the job I do in my real life is sitting in front of a computer designing web pages and interfaces and such. So I usually listen to pod, I used to listen to podcasts all the time. Now it's most of the time editing and such. For an ESO podcast, a typical day is you know I edit it, start editing around nine o'clock in the morning. You know when I'm working and such, and I'm usually done by 2 o'clock and stuff. But it's not for one episode. But also... You're not doing that consistently. I'm not doing consistent because, you know, meetings and, you know, people coming to my office and I can't have GarageBand open on my other monitor and everything with people to come in and see and such to, you know. But, um, yeah, for me it's an average for, say, if we did an hour and a half episode, probably double that time for editing. Boy, I hope nobody from Mike's day job is listening to this right? live. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, also, I also think, though, it's a, it really is important as if you're creating a podcast to make it true to what you want to do. So if it's just a, you, know, um, you, know, you and uh, another person just uh, chatting and, and you want to release that and you feel comfortable releasing it unedited, I mean, I know that you know, one of my favorite podcasts out there and pretty successful as far as comic podcasts is Comic Geek Speak. 
they don't do any editing at all. Um, I mean, it's all just them just talking because the basis of their show is it's just like guys at a comic shop having a conversation and then releasing that out there. And it reaches a lot of people because of the style and the, and the, and the, the characters that they are. Um, so in some cases, it might be really necessary for you to, to edit and make the show exactly the way you want it to be. In other cases, it's not so necessary. It just depends on the style of show that you want to do. And, and I think when we're looking for new shows, um, that's the thing. Or it's even when I'm, as a listener, looking for new podcasts, that's what you want. Is You want a unique experience and you want an entertaining experience. No matter And a different style. Not every, not every two podcasts should be the same. Exactly. Charles McFall, uh, thehellocarrier.com. And you have to let me, I've got a lot of questions, so if somebody comes up, just let me know. So we're going to start, my, me and my partner are going to launch a niche-specific network, uh, The Helicarrier. Right. And it's about the Marvel Universe. And so I've done a network before, so a lot of the things you've talked about earlier, I've already hit on quality, your niche, what are you going to do differently. But as far as you're talking about one day making money, and I don't know what VOG does, do you have a business plan on how you're going to become break even much less profitable I thought he was going to say millionaires I swear yeah. to God <laughs> now, in, the, in the real sense of launching a network do you have a plan a, a roadmap, if you will even of where you're going to go with it not just a bunch of friends doing shows um, we do have a plan um, a lot of it is still in the working stages with us this is the first year we've actually start, created an LLC to be able to write off coming to Dragon Con, write off buying new microphones, <coughs> excuse me, and also being you know being able to do more of a business area. That's where we've also added in the profit sharing for Mike and Bobby and the other hosts cool. of the show to be able to you know to enjoy once we start making a profit after we are able to fully sustain the network without me, you know, having to do it or anything. Because we're invited to conventions all across the country, but we can't do it because it comes out of our pockets and such. And they're not... Dragon Con, yes, they give us free badges, but they don't put us up in a hotel, they don't cover our travel expenses and such. No big con is going to do that for, you know, unless your name is Chris Hardwick or, you know, someone like Adam Carolla or something like that. What about you guys? Yeah, and, and we are we're actually kind of in the same boat. We we are still in the process of getting all the LLC paperwork in ourselves, uh, for for us. So we we became also a business entity, so we could help with, with all that stuff. And we kind of have a general plan of how to how to break even. We know how much we need to make break even, and we think we have the listener base that we could, you know, sell shirts or something and, and do stuff like that. Uh, but we haven't done too much long-term planning yet because we're still trying to we want to make the right long-term plan instead right. of saying oh you know we're going to do this and you know be millionaires in in two years and quit our day jobs no. I, I think that's the other important thing i mean at least, at least for our perspective is at least i can speak for myself here i i definitely view what i do as a hobby and mm-hmm. i'm not thinking that i'm going to profit from it anytime soon i might we have ideas on how to make that work that's great but if i'm not comfortable doing something for the network that's going to come 100% out, out of my pocket i don't do it exactly. so you know you kind of have to play that you know kind of game and and when you assess you know is this is this a good buy or not is that you know what you might not make money a lot of podcasters don't so is it worth it from the hobbyist standpoint or not mm-hmm. and and my thing is 
I like my day job, so I'm not stressed about trying to make Vogue something that pays my living. That that relieves a lot of stress. Yeah, if it pay, I'd love for it to pay for itself and maybe you know some extra beer money. That you know it comes to me personally, that'd be great. But I I'm not relying on it to replace my day job because I like where I work. So I guess that's kind of the, the delineation. There is, are any of your networks planning to be? Not the nerdist, obviously, but something like we want to build something that will be big yes. and push out media. Yeah. So and instead of well, because Rob, you had said hobbyist, so you, so you're definitely with EOS. Or, sorry, or ESO, EOS, yeah. POS, something P- like that. Hey, 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 hey. I'm sorry, it's a great network, and, and we have mutual friends. I'm just picking on you. I'm sorry. Uh, so you definitely have plans to say, okay, instead of going from hobby, we're going to take this to a. A I don't real ever, business and try I, to do something with I it. I would love it to. I don't ever see it replacing my day job. Okay. But I definitely could see it sustaining itself. Yeah. A couple of years ago, it really, I'm even more than that. So, like when I started, it was really um, a, a lot more of a, a hobby, and and I had that mentality. But um, you know, since the Hardwick Chris Hardwick's network, as well as the Smodcast network and yeah. Podcast One, and I've seen a lot of these. Uh, network entities uh, really come into the forefront mm-hmm. and start to really make an impact I think you know it is a possibility and it is a, a goal that we should try to strive for but yet by the same token um, you know it's one of those things where uh, uh, if there, if it's if it's not fun and if it's not going to be if it's, it involves like changing uh, the way we do things uh, then maybe not no, but exactly but, but doing what we've done we've for, for, and we've been doing this a few years now, so it, we've we've at least reached people. I mean, we're we now have people contacting us saying, "Can I come on your show?" Which you know, a few years ago, every week we were like, "We need people for the show." You know, we're begging people. Now we're turning people away. So I mean, people are, you know, we've got like like actors and and like uh, writers, writers and you know, authors that are con- that are contacting us, going like, "We want you to be part of our marketing stop." Which you know is weird, but you know yeah, that, that we're you know to get out because they know our audience has grown so right. much that we are people coming up to them. Oh, I heard you on ESO or mm-hmm. heard you on one of our other shows. One of our shows is possibly being picked up for TV. Yeah. That's how popular it's become, and I wish them all the power in the world. I have my ego is that not so large that. I don't, oh wait, I don't want to see them succeed because they're going to be surpassing ESO. That was his second thought. His first thought was, "That's cool." The second thought was, like, "Why not me?" <laughs> Damn, you know me too well, Bobby Nash. The, the, the thing that I, I, I uh, subscribe to in terms of thinking is that when we started Vogue, we started really small, and we did not. I mean, it's easy to have the stars in your eyes. You can look at Nerdist. You can look at all those things and say, "Oh, you know, I'm going to be that." But don't if you think like that, then you're going to try to do too much too soon, and it's exactly. all going to collapse on right. itself. Yep. Yep. So right. that's why we, you know, we started small, and then now we've been around two years. So now we're adding the LLC, so we can grow a little bit bigger, and then let that mature. And so, you know, yeah, it might not be profitable in the next couple of years. I hope it will be, you know, at a point in the future. But I'm not going to say it has to be profitable by Christmas, or I'm shutting it all down and I'm flipping the exactly. servers off. And what, one and of our things is we're at the point now. We've put out a call for marketing people to help get our name out there even more so, and just to create brand recognition and stuff. Because there you go. You're corporate now. Exactly. Nay. <laughs> and so we're shut up, and we're trying to just get you know we want people to know you know this is the first year I've actually been a guest here at Dragon Con. It's but all because of the podcast 
interdisciplinary than what we've created. Um, we've been, all of us, Bob, Mike's been here for his comic, Bobby for his writing mm -hmm. and such, but this is the first year we've all been recognized for being the podcast and such. We've, you know, media badges and all that kind of stuff, and that's the perks that come with it, and that's kind of the fun. But there also is a dark side to this. There's a huge dark side that all podcasters need to know about. It's the patent trolls. They could shut this whole thing down. If um, there's a lawsuit, for those who don't know, right now that Adam Carolla is fighting against these patent trolls. They settled. Yeah, they settled. did settle. They settled. <laughs> so we're safe? Well, we don't know. For we don't know, but they can't talk for 40 days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they're still fighting, I think. Yeah, because only Adam Carolla settled, not yeah, the yeah. other people. So the EFF is still fighting. But the Adam Carolla settlement is going to maybe Define help the, the rest yeah. everybody yeah help everybody else yeah. right it is a it is a constant battle that we're all going to have to look at um, so i think there's somebody behind you with yeah another question. Uh, so the last thing i'll leave it here is uh i know for everybody in the room they seem to be more wanting to get on networks what specifically is each of your network looking for when you pick up a new show i mean your two-minute elevator speech of this is what our network does this is our niche and here's how you fit you guys want to start <laughs> Certainly, that does this. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are definitely looking to diversify more geek content uh, uh, at the Voice Geeks Network. We really emphasize participation. If you want to get people not just listen to your show, but participate with your show, that's something we really emphasize with the Voice Geeks Network. It's not just um, it's not just a giant RSS feed. It's also you know it's it's also a game. Voice of Geeks Network is a gamified website where people can get points and loot for checking in to participating with your show. So if you're like a highly interactive show, um, that you you might be something we're looking for. Uh, especially I know just kind of like getting really into the weeds. Something we're really looking for right now. A comic book show is high on my list of desires and. Um, there was something else I was just saying. Oh, a fiction-based show, like a, a weekly uh, I'd actually serial. Like to get, I'd like to get an audio drama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's you know, the big thing right now, actually. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys heard of Thrilling Adventure Hour out of Los Angeles? I have not. Oh, it is yeah. an awesome, awesome podcast. Yeah. They're like the leaders in that, and they do all original content, but in old-timey radio. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, very we cool. A, we had a panel yesterday in here about that with several authors that, that write specifically for or write and use uh, audio dramas to help market their work. But uh, yeah, I don't want to take up too much more time, but if you are interested in more information, please come talk to one of us after. <coughs> we also have flyers in the back, and you can contact us after DragonCon. Okay, yeah, uh, we're pretty easy. Uh, you need to be passionate about what it is you're talking about because it takes a lot of work. Ideally, if you are comfortable editing... I might love you. <laughs> uh, my network is, is very much a one-woman show uh, for the most part. But yes, have a be passionate. Have a very clear, concise idea of what you want your show to be. If it's something that you're going to have multiple co-hosts, come to me with a plan as to how that's going to work. Because uh, it doesn't necessarily work for everybody to just talk at once. Mm -mm. Um, you have to learn that big time. Yeah, or or if you think that you're gonna you're gonna cover different subcategories of the same topic, like have that sort of formatted. Like, give me an idea of what you want your show to be at the end. Um, and yeah, just make sure it sort of fits in. A lot of it's gonna be tonal uh, for us because we are a very passionate network, um, but it's also very much about our own personal opinions because geek culture is subjective. Um, so sort of have your own voice there. 
Um, I guess for us, we will take, you know, we're not beyond taking a startup, but you have to have an idea what you're doing. You need to be able to be fully self-sustained. I'll help train you guys on how to do a podcast, where to host, where to get your RSS feed out there, how to get onto iTunes. We'll help with all that. I've probably done three quarters of the podcasts that are on the network. I've helped them get started with that. Um, but we are also looking for established shows, shows that fit the same geeky genre like these guys do also. We are looking for something diverse that no one else is talking about on the network. We're always open to new ideas. If somebody you know, wants to do another, say, like magazine show like we do, but they would have to be different than ESO. We don't want an ESO clone. On right, because we've already got like two magazine-style shows that cover multiple topics. Exactly. Can Between I, us and can trans. Can I also add something? I don't know about you guys, if you, if you guys encourage this, but I very much encourage collaboration with other podcasts, yes. Yes. other oh, sites. Yeah. You need to be comfortable with that. It can't just be about your show. Exactly. And generally, as a podcasting environment, and as a community, it is that community aspect. Mm-hmm. That's um, the, that's I mean, the I've one. been on your show yeah. like 13 times or something. Yeah, you're, um, I mean, you're we, a go-to girl. We, so. we, you know? quite, we quite often have people from other podcasts come on, you know, like... We did a recent episode where we looked at like Quantum Leap, and we had a guy come on from a Quantum Leap podcast, and he was there. And we let him be promoting his show while he's on our show. Yeah. And even and he is he's not part of our network or anything like that. So yeah, it's very much a yeah. There is a lot of that collaboration. And that's the wonderful thing about podcasting too. Who aren't looking for that? Also, if you're looking for an exclusive deal, be very careful about Mm -hmm. that. If you're creating something and you go to join a network, look very closely at any deal that's going to ask you to be exclusive to that network. You really need Mm -hmm. to investigate that network, what your own creative project is, and make sure that's a really good fit and that whatever term that contract is for, you're comfortable with that. Talk to the other podcasters that are on that network and see what ESO or any of the other networks do for you because a lot of that is also very... It could harm you if you're only being heard in one place. And, you know, this is not like radio where you're on CBS or ClearTime or whatever. In you know, a lot of us don't even have sponsors. And we don't have to answer to anyone except for yourself. And, you know, but you also have to be able to live with yourself. And I recorded that <laughs> type thing. So yeah, because once it's out there. It is out there. Yep. Okay, got a question. Hi. Uh, uh, do you guys know of the game League of Legends? I'm yes. Like, of course. Yes. Okay, uh, my friends and I, are, we're huge players of the game. Love it. And lately we've been thinking that we like we sit down once a week and just play, and then we talk about it like over the patches and everything like that. And, you know, it's just for fun. Um, but lately we've been thinking about doing a podcast for it, but we don't really know where to go from that, like how to get noticed. We don't want to make money from it, really. You know, we just want to have fun and let people hear me. our discussions. I'll help you, you know? with it. Uh, that's what we're completely interested in, and we were wondering if what's the likelihood of a network like you guys to even be interested in something like that. Talk to us. Absolutely. That's the best yeah. thing. After is that okay? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. Um, but yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, don't ever be afraid to. If you have an yeah. idea for a podcast, never ever be afraid to come up and talk to us. Right. Yeah. The word, ask. You know, ask questions. That's how I learned how to do podcasting. I was like listening to podcasts 
other Doctor Who podcasts or some of the other ones, and it's like, oh, if these schmucks can do it, why can't I? And everything. So I literally went to other podcasters and I asked them, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I got some fantastic advice. It, that's another thing you can tell the quality of the people if they're willing to help you. Yeah. You know. Also, do you really want to be with people who don't want to help you? Granted. Also, please be willing to do some work yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have limited time. We're willing to help you, but you have to be willing to take on some of that responsibility as well mm -hmm. uh, for for researching, to, for finding your. You know, we can give you a resource, but maybe. Look into that first, yeah, then right. come back to us. We with will questions. say no. We will say <laughs> no. You, you, you could also, I mean, in terms of if if you're like if you're talking video games, talk to a video game podcast. Yeah. Maybe instead of jumping full bore into doing your own, try it out. Are you looking for guests to come on your yes. podcast? Exactly. Try it out. See if you or like it. actually see about maybe doing a segment <laughs> for their show or something let, as a start. Let me ask a quick question though, because you mentioned you know you do League of Legends. Are you are you doing a Twitch? thing right now. Uh, actually, yes, I am on Twitch. I just started a little while ago, but I've also done my own editing YouTube videos okay. for years. So you, you, honestly, getting into that scene, you're going to be like halfway there. Twitch wasn't even a thing that we had like a few years ago, so it's a very new sort of thing. So by getting in there and creating compelling Twitch content, you're going to be halfway there. But the challenge is when you – and you have to decide, do you want to do a YouTube? Are you going to be a vodcast, a more video show, or are you going to be an audio-only show? Because then the question is it's very easy to sit there and let the game visuals tell your story when you're doing a thing on Twitch. But when you're doing a podcast, you don't have that. So you have to be able to tell that compelling story yourself. And Twitch can kind of help you learn to do that. But it, you know, depending on what you guys choose to do, if you take the video away, what's going to replace it? You can't have dead air. Yeah, dead air not, bad. This is radio, <laughs> you basically, can't? think about <laughs> what? it. If people don't, if they hear dead air, they think their audio player's broken or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, it's basically the theater of the mind, they call it. And you have to basically describe everything to them. And because we also consider video casts um, as part of our network. Uh, the important part you just said was because you do the commentary. We do not post playthroughs. Uh, they're, they're interesting. People watch them. People watch them in droves. However, it doesn't provide any additional content. Uh, and so one of the things that we really look at and why we haven't posted any yet is because too many people are just doing playthroughs. We want your individual aspect on that. We want your commentary. Uh, so that's definitely a really great route to go. Just to jump in with the playthrough things, too, that's very tricky territory with the copyright yeah. stuff yeah. right now, too, yes. and, and what we're seeing with the, the YouTube strikes. So yeah. I can see I wouldn't want to play that game either. It's it's too it's too risky. But it's good supplemental con content yeah, as well because, I mean, you know, we, we both do it where we'll sometimes, you know, yeah, we've got our own podcast, but then, you know, I'll go on Twitch and do something, and it's just added content. It doesn't go on my podcast feed, but it's just somewhere else that we can interact with our audience and they can right. participate with yeah, us. Yeah, we consider it like part of your little social media mm -hmm. or Campaign or kind of thing. getting yourself and your name and your brand out there is yeah. a big part of that. Because mm -hmm. there are podcasts out there that do like live streaming at mm -hmm. the same time, mm -hmm. and they even have chat rooms involved that, with us. it, where <laughs> you know where your the listeners are involved with it, mm -hmm. and they're typing, and sometimes yeah. there's a better conversation going on in the chat room right. than yeah. even on the show. And, and sometimes it's worse. Yeah. And I have to pick through it because I always try to say I'm going to read the intelligent comments from chat, and then I realize every week oh, I'm talking to yeah. gamers. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Mike, Mike's tried that. To get to, to get us to do that for our show, and I'm just like, you really want our unedited show to go out? 
but but when but when you do that kind of stuff, when you like involve a live chat room and stuff, you need to figure out how you're when you're going to look at chat, mm-hmm. and you know how you're going to do it. Like you know, I do the show all by myself, so I actually do have dead air on my live on my live feed. But then when I on my podcast, I go through and I cut all that out. But you're also very good about warning people, like, hey, I'm reading chat. You know, yeah, I'm reading chat. Here's dead air. Let's let's just assume I'm playing copyrighted music and it's getting copyright striked. But <laughs> but OLR, but but you guys OLR like when other people are doing stories Rob's reading chat and he's like okay so so and so says this and here's the thing never underestimate the power of saying somebody's name on the radio mm-hmm. it doesn't you know yeah you may think oh I'm not a big name no you're on the radio you have a microphone and you just said someone's name and they, they love right. that they eat that up and so that's the participation aspect yeah we have a we have a guy that was on our show a few times and we we joke we made a joke about him like locking himself in an airlock that became a running joke long after he I mean he hasn't been on the show in a while but he's like he loves it and like people think we just made him up who were newer listeners exactly and I remember we had um, we did an episode of was, it, was, it was last it, year it was last year when we did the G.I. Joe episode so he, he came on that one and Phantom Troublemaker who's another one of our our podcasters was on there and he's like oh my god he's real <laughs> so it was like a nice little bit but but yeah you know he's become a big fan of that because we we make fun of him all the time and he also gets name recognition so. yeah go ahead uh, so both the ESO group and uh, Vogue have mentioned that they started out as uh, with one network and then have now formed their own. Mm-hmm. So when do you, as a an, as a independent podcast, when do you decide either to form your own network or look for an existing one, or just stay independent and not do any network affiliation? Is there? Do you it's any truthfully, it's a personal call. Um, some people like being on Geek Nation. You know, the other network we were on. Um, there's still podcasts on there and our reason for leaving them was a financial reason truthfully Um, but with us once you get past one show you need to have some kind of group or something to start forming and it only it was natural our our forming of ESO network just happened to happen it it was a natural progression for us as we started spinning off and other people wanting to be under the umbrella and such for us. Well, you know, yeah. It was a nice, it was a nice touch of branding. Exactly, you know, and it just it, happened yeah. that Earth Station One fit perfectly into ESL. You know, it just was like an acronym. Awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah, with us it was it was part ideological and it was personal some personal stuff as well. Um, you know, we had some ideas and you know, but our ideas started down here and then you know, all games they had been around for a long time, so their ideas were way out here. And we wanted to try some smaller stuff and you know, there was there were a lot of people there and they didn't particularly buy into what we were doing and that's kinda when we were like, you know, well maybe we should try to see if we could do this, you know, on you know, go on our own and see if any of our ideas work uh and so it was it was a personal decision as well uh but but you know it you have to look and see if you are you going to offer anything different with your network uh and that's kind of what we looked at is you know what can we do differently that we don't think other people are doing doesn't mean that we're the first to do it we just don't know of the others that are doing some of the stuff we do uh and so that's kind of when we decided let's try it and see if it sticks and if it doesn't Okay, that was fun. Mm-hmm. But also, um, a question for all of you here, though, that kind of goes with that. When you're, if you do set up a network, and you, you set up your network, there's also the things that that you have to to, to think about or do that don't 
really is like like when Mike, when you're hosting, you still have to worry about podcasts you don't host or edit or anything because they're part of your network. I mean, what what are the things that you guys do outside of actual podcast creation that's part of the network? Oh, well, for me, it's I sadly enough I listen to all of the shows because well that's a good selling point. No, because it just it takes up so much time. And this is why we don't do live no. episodes. No, no. Uh, but literally um, with our shows, I have to listen to them because you know you want them to keep make sure they're keeping up with higher higher quality and such. That's my main thing is they're keeping the quality the consistency and just something that people will enjoy listening to and such we had um we had one podcast that we had on the network and they went through a pretty bad shakeup of their cast and when they reformed without their original host the show sucked and that's pure and simple Mm -hmm. and so we had to drop them off the network and such and you know we've had like two or three we've had to let go just because of stuff like that. Or there was people there were people on the show that it started becoming very negative towards the topic of what they were doing, and I didn't want that on. It was, I didn't want that part of ESO. So a lot of it's making sure that the the, the quality the quality and the nature of the is what you want exactly the, yeah. exactly. I'm assuming that's the same for you guys. Is well, actually, one thing I kind of wanted to because because I kind of been stewing on the question here. I've been kind of thinking about is that you know we're talking a lot about structured networks and kind of a lot of the things that we look for in you know our very structured networks when it comes to quality and, and these sorts of things. But that doesn't mean that all networks are necessarily as structured as maybe what you're hearing about today. Um, for example. Well, it's networks can also be very simple. Um, For example, I know I'm involved with a group of GLBT gaming podcasters that it's kind of an informal, you know, we have a Facebook group, we all talk to each other. But in a way, that's kind of a network because these guys will shout out all their friend podcasts at the end of every episode. I try to give them some increased uh, exposure on social media and so forth. And that's a network. It might not be a structured network like what we're talking about. But, you know, since you're talking about do I or don't I, you know, go with this network, maybe you maybe you want to do something a little more informal. And I think that's okay, too. Yeah, exactly. We have time for one more question. Hello. Howdy. How do you repair your network that you may have damaged in the past? What do you mean? Like if you if you maybe potentially burn bridges or. Uh, maybe even over in California or like there's certain select people that you've talked to, hung out with, you've uh, maybe ended up getting drunk with or <laughs> and then it was a bad uh, session. What kind well, of networking are you just switch over? Yeah. Should you just switch over to the next the next big thing or are you talking about over at the Hyatt or <laughs> after buckets of rum or <laughs> Oh, I mean it, it, either way whether it was like from maybe you said something bad on air that's, or That's actually any kind of business or any kind of personal relationship if you know there might be somebody who has a group or organization that you had gone to in the past for news about their group and such and you got into an argument with them or got into a fight sometimes you just have to let time go by and let it heal and come then come back to it you know and be a better man or woman for it i I think it's interesting too because one of the things you have to realize that when you're podcasting and you're putting your you know yourself out there and so um you know you do have uh, at times uh you know the 
chance of offending somebody or something happening and it's not going to be a private matter but because of you're a podcaster it's going to be a public matter um, and it, it, it is tough to sometimes work through that sometimes but uh, like he said I mean I you know I just try to keep things as, as on that tent as, as, as private as I can and uh, not let things blow out of proportion because sometimes stuff does happen but it, it the, the, the hard and fast rule that I have anyway is just not to not to let it get any more public than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, time. Time. People, people will eventually grow up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's Including yourself. <laughs> Not that kind of time, right? All right, it is time for the pound to be over. Oh, Very sad. Oh, sad God. face. All right. Oh. Thank you, guys. Uh, also...